Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to see Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I am Daniel Jones and with me, as usual, is Cameron T. Robinson. And we're coming at you late from, well, late-ish on a Thursday night. Later than usual. Later than usual. We're after hours tonight, 6 o'clock on Thursday night after a pretty good holiday layover. Uh, it's been a good Christmas for Mizzou, who waxed Illinois in the bragging rights game for the first time in five years. Uh, got some recruits. I guess that was before Christmas, and we talked about that a little bit on our last podcast. Uh, and now we're a couple days away from the Liberty Bowl. So a little bit to talk about. Uh, as we wrap up 2018, just four days left. Cam, what's your New Year's resolution for 2019? I don't do New Year's resolutions, really. Wow, you're above New Year's resolutions? No, I just always set them and then I don't do them and I feel bad about doing oh. not doing them. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess my goal for 2019 is to stop eating out so much because one, it'll make me healthier and two, it'll make my bank account healthier. Mm. So uh, that's one of my big goals. Um, so that's probably it. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's also, pretty- I saw this study online that said people who drink coffee and alcohol live longer. So yeah, I saw that too. Coffee and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's already like half my diet. Anyway. Easy. So. Wow. Yeah. Great New Year's resolution. Let's do that. Everybody yeah. drink more coffee, exactly. more alcohol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty good one. Um, one of mine for this next year is screens off at 11 p.m. We'll see how Good that luck. goes. Yeah. We'll see how that and this, goes. And this refreshing is kind of hard. It is. Yeah. Most news doesn't break after 11 anyway. It says, uh, I was here when I, Aaron Erlewine sent his <laughs> release, his <laughs> statement to being fired at 11.45 p.m. after a Mizzou basketball game. <laughs> so. we, were t- we were talking about that earlier today because we found out, uh, we went through some of our metrics, the top red sports story of the year from the Columbia Daily Tribune was the Aaron Earlywine statement. Yeah, which you can also, to, to, to plug this really quick, that we're recapping the 2018 stories of the year. That will obviously be one of them, the whole Aaron Earlywine saga at Mizzou. Um, so 
also plug just plugging that. that Keep that in week. mind yeah, as as out. we get near the end of the year. But that is a really funny story of that evening. I don't know if we've ever told it on the podcast. Um, w- basically, the news broke uh, a couple days before that Missouri had fired Aaron Early Wine. Mm-hmm. Thirteen days before the softball season started, yeah. and that you know, instantaneously we had a story up about it. Uh, you know, with the statement from Jim Sterk, and then a couple days later, it might have been like the next day. Yeah, it was the next day. I think. The next day, uh, and it was eleven o'clock. I was literally writing my Mizzou basketball gamer. Yeah, from on deadline. From which game was that? I, it remember? was an away game. I was at home. Okay, because I remember watching it for like because we didn't travel to it and uh-huh. I was watching it, but. It was we were on deadline, and I remember that. And Aaron Early Wine uh, actually had a pretty good relationship, a professional relationship with our old uh, Olympic sports writer Blake Topmeyer. Right, right. And he sent a release. It was a. It was actually a word document, a picture of a, a word picture document. of a word document that he sent to uh, a lot of beat writers, and that he sent it to our old colleague yeah. Blake Topmeyer, who was. Then at the Knoxville News Sentinel. Yeah. So Blake forwarded us the document, and then you called me, Cam, because you got it, and yeah. you saw it first. Right, and I was on deadline, and I was like, hey, Danny, <laughs> can you help me out and write this statement? And you go, hold on, let me step outside. <laughs> Danny was, it, it, was not, it's his, it was his night off, it was a weekend, he was at a bar downtown, and he and he goes, he gets outside and go, oh man, I can't right now. And I was just like, oh my god. I go, all right. And then I hung up the phone and just went went to transcribing a picture of a word document. Oh my god, that was awful. Ended up being, and this is what I said today. That ended up being the most read story most in the section and yeah. our section all year. Yep. So when they start about um, if they ever talk about layoffs. Or, or letting people go. Listen, I got the most read story of 2018. <laughs> Can't lay me off. Dad, that could have been my story. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. One too many uh, but, Boulevard brews that yeah. night, unfortunately. But, but yeah, so yeah, it was kind of a cool backstory to one of our most, one of the, I guess definitely one of the biggest stories of Mizzou sports for 2018 and our biggest, our most most read story on, the, on our website. Yeah, we ended up voting on those stories this week and it was difficult for everybody to try to sort out, first of all, what we determined the top 10 stories to be and then ordering them. Everybody that voted, all five people in our sports department, Cam and I, our editor, Garrick Hodge, our prep writer, Eric Blum, and our uh, associate editor, Kevin Grayler. Everybody had a different number one. Really? Yes. I my, see. My number one was what was number one. So I just figured that was everybody's number one. Your number one was what's number one right now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was the only one with that as number one. You were. I feel like we shouldn't get too deep because now people are going to. No, we're just teasing one. it around. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, huh. But uh, there were a lot in here. Some of the ones we voted on, uh, like we mentioned, the uh, softball. We kind of lumped everything softball yeah, together. Yeah. The saga of Aaron Earlywine being fired. Larissa Anderson. Larissa Anderson being hired. I think the fact that they did not qualify for the SEC tournament right, right. was part of that, but despite hosting it. Um, of course, everything that happened with uh, the Porters and yeah. Michael and, well, we'll kind of separate. Uh, there was Michael returning for the SEC tournament yeah. uh, and then Jonte returning for his sophomore year and then getting hurt. Getting hurt yeah. uh, 
There was Jim, Jim Sterk, Sterk and, by Don Staley. Yep, uh, from South Carolina. Uh, Kelly Bryant committing. Drew Locke returning for 2018. Carissa, uh, Carissa Anderson. No, Carissa, uh, Carissa Swizer. You're thinking of Larissa Anderson. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Carissa Swizer winning her sixth national title at Mizzou. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things that kind of you look back on the year and think, wow, those are all like really big stories yeah. that, that were in our voting for top 10 story of the year. So keep an eye on that. The plan, as we talked about today, is to have that run on January 3rd after our bowl coverage finishes up. So keep an eye on that in uh, some future issues of the trip. So more recent, though, uh, was the Bragg and Rights game, which was on, uh, what was that? That was Saturday yeah, night. 20, 23rd? 23rd. 22nd. 22nd. Yeah, we'll 20 go with twenty second. That was twenty second. It was your second Bragging Rights game. You yeah. were at the one last year as well. What uh, What were your initial takeaways? I mean, obviously, Mizzou win is yeah one. That's yeah, a big so one. That was a big one. Uh, I mean, they just dominate. I mean, really, they just dominated the whole second half. Yeah, there was nothing but Illinois could do. Um, I don't know. The biggest thing was just the atmosphere. It was unbelievable. And I was kind of wondering what it would be like in past years when Missouri and Illinois have been competitive teams. I mean, it's been amazing, and that's one of the marquee matchups for Missouri all season right. is the Bragging Rights game. When the teams were good, I mean, that it was unparalleled, really. The atmosphere that was there, the fact that you have Missouri fans on one half and Illinois fans on the other half, and they're kind of shouting back at each other back and forth all game has always been pretty cool. But then there was the lull for Missouri uh, three years that Kim Anderson was the coach and the wins went by the wayside. Uh, Missouri fans didn't really show up. And then Illinois kind of went through a little too, and there were right. a couple of years where that atmosphere just went away. Right, right. And last year, I think it came back quite a bit with Jeremiah Tillman having committed. Right, and I also think Illinois fans just disliking Conzo a lot. Right, um, and Illinois made a little bit of a resurgence too. They had right. just hired Brad Underwood. That right. was a big deal for their program. They had gotten Mark Smith. They had kind of pulled Mark Smith yeah. uh, Trent, out from Trent under Frazier. Missouri, yeah. uh, Trent Frazier. So anyway, I think in the last few years, there's definitely been a resurgence in the rivalry. And yeah, like I was curious. Illinois did not come in with a good record, even yeah. though they'd played a brutal schedule. Yeah, they had a top 20 strength of schedule, which but is pretty impressive. Pretty it sounded impressive. like a, a pretty good environment. And yeah. as... You noted in your game story, and Garrick noted in his game story, that was uh, a big the environment for Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith ended up being a big part of what happened that night. Yeah, and Javon Pickett as well. Um, I, really quick, just on the rivalry, I, I, I talked to Whitman on St. Louis Radio with Ben Fred, who does columns for the St. Louis Post Dispatch. So the day before the game or something like that. I believe it was the game before the day before the game, um, and we were talking a lot about the rivalry and. The st- I guess the state of the rivalry, and I guess something we talked about, which I took completely, I didn't think about until Benford had brought it up. Um, but it's really a good point, is that like with Brett, as long as Brad Underwood and Conzo are at Illinois and Mizzou, this is going to be a big game because Conzo is has set his feet down in Illinois, St. Louis, Chicago. Like he's going to recruit there. Yeah, Brad Underwood has to recruit there. Like they are going to go at it for recruits. Both schools are going to lose recruits to each other. But these fans are going to dislike each other more than they already do now. Um, they're going to dislike the players more, probably more than they do now. Like it's just going to be a rivalry every single year. I think even regardless of how competitive they are, because on paper these two teams aren't the best teams probably Missouri or Illinois had in the last ten years. Like Illinois is not playing very well. Missouri's playing better than they probably should be on paper, um, but they're not better than last year's team. Um, but it was the, I just think how much 
all the different storylines that go into it from this year's bragging rights game are going to continue because of the fact that Kanz is going to recruit there. He has to. Um, and he's not afraid to go there. He has ties there, and so is Brett Underwood. So um, I think that's going to stay there for a while. Um, but in terms of just the atmosphere there, man, it was uh, it was unbelievable. When Je- So, I mean, Jeremiah comes is the first one intro- introduced, booze. Loud booze. Loud booze. <laughs> Javon Pickens after him, loud booze. The Mark Smith introduction was weird because the boos were louder. Like, I don't know how they got louder. It, it's like Illinois saved a few people, and they were like, hey, don't boo until Mark. We got to be louder. Don't boo until Mark Smith comes out. But it was also kind of crazy because I don't know. I couldn't see the people behind me, but the Mizzou fans right behind the bench, like, they, they cheer for everyone. But they, it seemed like they knew the, every, obviously, they knew the boos were coming for Mark, and they cheered louder for Mark than they did for the other two because they knew it was going to be so like it was it was a crazy kind of thing because like literally like you've been there like from where the where our press row is on the floor it's like cut down the middle orange on the right black and gold on the left right and you could see all the Illinois fans get up to boo and all the Mizzou fans behind the bench get up to cheer for Mark Smith it was kind of it was a, I've never it was like a surreal moment because like it, I wish somebody had gotten a photo of it mm-hmm. because it's, it was really really crazy yeah, that's pretty cool uh, that uh, it ended up being kind of like a, hey, don't yell at our guy exactly. kind of thing. That's almost what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. That, um, and that is kind of one of the cool things about that rivalry yeah. is, as we said, you have both fan, you know, a full a full arena, half and half. Right, that, exactly. that does literally split happen. down the middle. Right. Um, so that was really cool. Mizzou didn't boo any Illinois fans because they didn't, I mean, Illinois players because they didn't really have a reason to boo. <laughs> um, but they, but uh, it was a crazy atmosphere. There was trash talk. Literally, the 88 seconds in, uh, Jordan Geist and A.O. Dusimu, the standout point guard for Illinois. Well, a former Mizzou target at yeah, one point. Yeah, in time. as well. Um, they got I don't even know what happened. Like some, There was a foul or a turnover, and I looked at Jer- at Jordan Geist. I don't keep want to say it Jeremiah, but it, it was, I looked at Jordan Geist and A.O., and they were just like literally face-to-face. And the ref goes, technicals. And I was just like, what the <laughs> heck is that? Immediately. And, I, and then I looked at Gabe and he goes, I bet those aren't the only technicals we get today. <laughs> and the referees called it so tight because I felt like they, ha- they feel like that they probably right away. was yeah. just like, we got to, we got to calm this down. Um, man, it was unbelievable. Mark Smith hit his first three, literally first time he had t- he took a shot, his first shot of the game, booze ran it down and he nailed a, po- like a three well beyond three point arc and just put up the threes and was just screaming. And he was like looking in the direction of the Illinois bench, but I'm not sure even he knew who he was talking to. I think he was talking to any, any Illinois fan who would listen to him. Um, the, there was trash talk from both benches. Like it was unbelievable. Jeremiah and this guy got into a face to face, like look, it was almost like a boxing stare. Like you know how they have those like boxes. when they touch gloves. Yeah, no, like the pre the like before oh. the box where they have like the press conference and they had to stare at each other and put their fists up. They didn't put their fists up, but they were just like staring at each other. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny if they did though. Yeah, Jeremiah exactly. Tillman and another yeah. guy just kind of like raise exactly. their fists and as, um, and they look at each other. But yeah, it was incredible. It was it was big time. Jordan guys hitting a big three at, to really sit, the game was over at that point and shushing all the Illinois crowd that was still there. It was it was pretty nuts. It was pretty nuts. Yeah, it was uh, a great result for Missouri and uh, Jordan Geist. You know, had a great game, uh, twenty points and six, yeah, seven rebounds, six assists. And Javon Pickett, uh, seven of eight shooting. His his only miss was a bunny. At the end of the game, he I don't <laughs> that's think, probably eating away. Yeah, at him I don't like think he said. knew how open he was. 
because he like turned and he had beat somebody and he turned and I don't think he, he knew how open he was and just blew the layup and I was just like oh <laughs> that's a bad shot <laughs> that, to miss that your only shot yeah that one's gonna eat away at him later Jeremiah Tillman another double double 16 points 12 rebounds six straight game and double figures that's it's like he's kind of starting to yeah SEC player of the week as yeah. well it's like he's starting to figure it out a yeah. little bit more yeah as as we everybody kind of hoped he would, um, yeah. Zoo fans hoped he would, um, avoiding foul trouble and also kind of like finding that aggression and utilizing yeah, it. Yeah, without getting a lot of fouls. Exactly. Yeah. That was the major concern going into the season is can you get the most out of him without him fouling out? out? Yeah. And it's starting to click. Yeah. Uh, and going back to one other thing, you mentioned uh, that as long as Conzo Martin and Brad Underwood are coaching at Missouri and Illinois. That'll be a, an interesting rivalry because they share recruiting ground. And, yeah. and Conzo really has gone after Illinois as one of the kind of pillars of Missouri recruiting, right. in, in addition to St. Louis. I read a really interesting article uh, from the Chicago Sun-Times, which was written by Michael O'Brien on December 17th. And the headline is, Where is Brad Underwood? Yeah, Chica- I saw that. Chicago area high school coaches lament Illinois' weak recruiting efforts. I saw that. All about how Brad Underwood and the Illinois staff really hadn't been anywhere yeah, uh, through the early part of the basketball season in Chicago when a lot of these showcases, a lot of tournaments are going on. Um yeah, I yeah. thought it was really interesting, and and maybe and, part of the reason why Missouri's kind of been able to make some inroads in right. there is because there Illinois hasn't really been there, right? And when I talked to Shannon Ryan from the Chicago Tribune, she mentioned that a little bit as well. It's like AO, there's I mean, their five star recruit is from Chicago, and she was like, Illinois doesn't pull Chicago recruits very often, um, and that's kind of been the thing. It's just like Illinois fans just you're there until like the final three or final two, and then they always pick somewhere else. She was like. AO was hoping to be kind of that bridge, that that but the guy to bridge the gap between Illinois, like um, where is it, Champaign? Yeah, yeah, Champaign and Chicago, so that more recruits come that way. But like you said, I read that story. I was that was very interesting that he had just he's just nowhere to be found there. Right, right. So, um, so good week for Missouri at uh, at Bragging Rights. Now I have a legit shot to go nine and three. They should beat Morehead State very easily. On they Saturday. won all of the toss-ups besides Temple. Besides they Temple. won every toss-up yep. non-conference game. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't think anybody thought. Not probably not anybody, but like most people didn't think that was going to happen. Um, and I mean, you look at it. Last year's team went into SEC play at ten and three. This team is going to be nine and three. They are in a very good spot again. For I think they're for sure. If they, as long as they don't blow things in the SEC, they're for sure an NIT team. Um, but if you pull a few things out, um, I think if you win your home games and maybe win an away game, I think maybe win at Arkansas, um, maybe win an away game you're not supposed to, I think you're looking at another team that could really be getting, get into an argument there. I think that the other thing that's happened a little bit too is while Tennessee has looked really, really good uh, – in the SEC, the rest of the league, you know, Missouri wasn't ever going to compete for the right, champion, right, right. the league title. But aside from Tennessee and Auburn, the rest of the league has kind of opened up a little bit. Yeah, Mississippi uh, State's still pretty good. Right, the middle, the kind of the meat, the the middle of the league, I think, has opened up a little bit. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of worked out well. Right, for you're, Missouri, you're looking at really, really five and down is for like for the taking. I think Kentucky, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Auburn have solidified themselves the top four. Probably. I'm looking at Ken Palm, which is the answer to every question that we ever have about college basketball. I know Kentucky just beat North Carolina, which is a big one for them. Mississippi State has been on a roll lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think those are your top four. Missouri right now is 69th in the Ken Palm rankings, yeah, which is actually third worst 
behind Georgia or ahead of only Georgia and South Carolina. Right. But there are one, two, three, four, five teams within 15 places. Right. So Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Alabama are all right there. Which, and, I, which I would think this Mizzou team right now is better than all of them besides maybe Alabama. And Alabama played a common opponent right. in UCF and got the doors blown off right. of them by UCF. Yeah. So all those teams are, are kind of right neck and neck. And so there's that's the difference between – 11th and uh, 11th and 7th in the SEC yeah, and yeah. then LSU isn't that much uh, further along Florida 7 and 4 yeah. um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of ground to be made right. up in the there, SEC there, there are games to be won for Mizzou um, if they can if they can pull off a few you could be looking which we'll talk about this on another podcast but if this team makes the NCAA tournament this is unbelievable yeah that'd be I a, mean, uh, un- a unbelievable you, year for Conzo I get that Tennessee is one of the best teams in the country and Eric Barnes probably is going to be SEC Coach of the Year if they continue with that. But if this team makes NCAA tournament, there should be legitimately kinds of would have to get some consideration because there's no reason legitimately like we're coming into the season without John. We were like, there's no way. Yeah, there's the season no was way. over. Yeah, when John Tay got, we're hurt. like they might make the NIT. If they make the NCAA tournament, this could legitimately be probably one of Kanzo's best coaching jobs in his career. I would imagine. Yeah, there's a lot of time between now and then. I agree because last year. Everybody, I mean, at this point, it was like, okay, this is a tournament team. And then there was that lull in January and February. Yeah, when they lost like three in a row. And it was like, this is every, yeah, this is definitely not a tournament team. Yeah. And then they rolled off a bunch of the ends. Yeah. There, there's so probably there's a, time, couple, yeah. there's a couple of twists and turns right. likely coming. They won't win every game they're supposed to, but they'll likely, uh, just to, as sports go, you're not going to win every game you're supposed right. to, but you're likely, you'll like, you're likely to win a game you're not supposed to as well. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. But again, they're, they're right in the conversation right now. Okay, we're going to take a quick break for our new bowl game sponsor. We're pretty excited. Uh, We have a special sponsor for our bowl game coverage, and this is the last podcast we'll do before we leave for Memphis. So a quick break, and we'll be right back. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tribune would like to thank MU Healthcare for sponsoring its coverage of the Liberty Bowl. MU Healthcare is the official healthcare partner of Mizzou Athletics. Visit muhealth.org for more information. The Tribune will provide coverage of the Liberty Bowl from Memphis between December 30th and January 1st. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. Okay, we are back. Thank you again to MU Healthcare for their sponsorship of our bowl coverage. And uh, speaking of the Liberty Bowl, Missouri got in yesterday to Memphis. Uh, they've had some. They had some media availability. Their practice actually got moved from Memphis to uh, Ole Miss. They practice at Ole Miss today because the weather in Memphis was horrible. It's kind of been bad everywhere today snow in eastern can or western kansas and rain all over uh they'll have a couple more opportunities for availability we will get down there on the 29th so we'll have a chance to talk to some coaches and do some stories before the game and then the game is on uh december 31st at 2 45 p.m 
as it stands, we're kind of in a situation similar to last year where Missouri was playing a team that is got a lot of guys that are leaving early. Uh, last year, Texas had f- four or five, including one of their better skill position players. I believe they had a running back and uh, and one of their best offensive linemen. And Oklahoma State will have their running back, Justice Hill, an all-Big 12 player and one of the, I believe it was the seventh all-time leading rusher in Oklahoma State history. He will not play in the bowl game. Uh, the big, Another Big 12, all-Big 12 defensive player, Jordan Brailford. Yeah, can, he, he is playing. Jordan Brailford is going to play? Yeah, he, so I was talking to Nathan Ruiz, who covers the team Oklahoma State for the Oklahoman, and he said Brailford is playing but did declare for the draft. Ah, that's good that's to know. Yeah, okay, yeah. declared for the draft, so he will play yes. in the bowl game. Uh, Larry Williams, another offensive lineman, will not play. So the two absences will be on the offensive side. Uh, they will have Jordan Brailford, and that's big for Oklahoma State because Brailford finished second in the Big 12 last year, or I guess earlier this season, I should say, with nine sacks, and Mel Kuyper ranked him as the ninth best defensive end prospect in the country. Uh, going into the draft this year. So um, uh, talk all month has been about how explosive Oklahoma State is. They've given a lot of teams uh, a lot of trouble this year uh, just because they have that explosive offense. And even though they haven't won, uh, they – beat the heck out of Boise State in the third week of the season, 44-21. Boise State finished the year ranked 17th and and by and large has been one of the best non-Power 5 teams in a really long time. Uh, Oklahoma State also beat Texas 38-35 earlier this season. Uh, They beat West Virginia they took Oklahoma. They lost by one point to the Sooners. Um, they lost by six points to Oklahoma State. So they've played up to their level of competition and also have had some clunkers at the end of the year. Uh, they lost to TCU in a game that basically gave TCU bowl eligibility. And then last night in the Cheez-It Bowl, TCU displayed some great game, all-time offensive ineptitude, nine total interceptions in that game, which they eventually lost. I don't know. I, I believe they did lose. All, all together in that, <laughs> in that Cheez-It Bowl, there was like, 17 yeah. points. And so 10 interceptions. A That's game, an unofficial stat. I think it was nine it altogether. Nine. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, TCU did win, beat Cal 10 to 7. Uh, so it was just a total, uh, shall we say, poop show in the Cheez It Bowl. And yet that TCU team found a way to beat Oklahoma State at the end of the year. So, kind of a. I don't know. Uh, hard to hard team to pin down. They got a lot of talent. Uh, they'll miss some key pieces, but um, it'll be an interesting game. Certainly explosive, and everybody will get a chance to talk to Mike Gundy. Yeah, I was talking to. So when I was talking to Nathan Ruiz, who again covers the team for the Oklahoman, um, we were talk we were talking a little bit about their Oklahoma State season, and it's reminiscent of Missouri's a lot of ways because there's there are a lot of games where now they they have more clunkers than Mizzou had. And Mizzou's really only clunker was the Alabama game, but they had a lot of games this year where they could have been. Um, they, I mean, they I mean they could have beat Oklahoma. They lost Oklahoma by one. Really could have beat Baylor both both Baylor and TCU. Those are one possession games if I'm right. Um, 
he was saying like the feeling around uh, around Stillwater is that I mean they, similar to the feeling here in Columbia is that they could have a nine ten win team but things would have went right. Yeah, I feel like Oklahoma State probably looks at Oklahoma their game against Oklahoma yeah, like nice. Missouri looks at the game against Kentucky. Kentucky yeah, 100%. like that game should have been ours yes. that got away from us. Right. So that and that I, when I was looking at the schedule I was like that looks a lot like Missouri schedule other other than like a few clunkers but yeah that is uh, that's that's he was saying that's kind of the feeling there but he said it, he thinks it evens out because they again they got they got fortunate against Texas um, and they have a few close wins as well but um, yeah that's a similar feeling there in Stillwater as people here in Columbia do Columbia have and we were talking about Justice Hill uh, 930 rushing yards this season he will not play in the bowl game right, we, had, right. we had that right I yeah, had that right did. Justice Hill will not play in the bowl game their quarterback Taylor Cornelius has thrown for 3,642 yards has completed 59% of his passes uh, this year with 28 touchdowns so that's going to be a challenge for Missouri. Their secondary has come a long way this season, especially when you look back at what was happening against Purdue, uh, what was happening against Georgia, and just the uh, blown coverages. And that didn't happen against Florida. It didn't happen against uh, Tennessee, and it didn't happen against Arkansas. And it not – any of those quarterbacks are elite. Felipe Franks is not an elite quarterback. Right, right. But uh, going into that Florida game, I really felt like Felipe Franks had performed uh, in a way that against defenses that were similar to Mizzou's, he actually looked pretty good. Right, right. And Mizzou made him look really bad. So I think that secondary has come a long way, but this will be a test unlike anything that they've seen probably the since Big Alabama. Big 12 offenses are no joke. And I see, I don't know if it's Big 12 offenses or if it's a product of the Big 12 defenses. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I agree. But I agree. Um, yeah, they, they, they will, the secondary is going to be tested um, in the Liberty Bowl. What do you think about this matchup? I know it's been, it's kind of old news by now. Uh, the matchup has been set for a long time. But uh, I know I've talked to a lot of people that are kind of lukewarm on playing an old Big 12 matchup. I think the fact that it is a old conference rival that isn't a actual rival of Mizzou. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's kind of like a mixture of the worst of both worlds. Yeah, I think if it was like a real Big 12 rival for Mizzou, it would have been a little bit different. Or if it was West Virginia. Right. There was a there was some appeal there. And it, Will Greer isn't playing, playing in the game anyway. Right, right. Uh, we had talked about how exciting that would have been. Yeah. Wouldn't have been an option. But I think if you would... Yeah, I think if you would have had Kansas State, if you would have had... Obviously, Kansas would have been a huge deal. Uh, even Iowa State. I feel like Missouri and Iowa State were similar programs in the Big 12 and played in, against each other enough for there to be a kind of a rivalry there. That would have... Really, you know, that would have drawn people in and that would have been an appealing opponent. Um I've talked to people, and and me personally, I didn't see any appeal for Missouri playing like a North Carolina State. Uh, Wisconsin had some buzz at the beginning of the season, but that wasn't really a game that, uh, you know, a lot of people... You know, I I just, you know, Wisconsin is a boring team. They run the ball a lot and they won seven games. So, you know, like, cool. That would have been fun for Missouri to play Wisconsin, but there was... I think a feeling that if they if Missouri would have played a team that was a little bit you know just different a team that they don't normally play or haven't historically played there would have been some novelty in that and Oklahoma State is not novelty right. they have played Oklahoma State in the yeah. past um, so maybe a little bit of the worst of both worlds but on top of that it's a team most people think Missouri should beat 
Exactly. So, and, and that's, th- almost, that point, that's almost working against Missouri too. Right, because it's, it's at that point you go down there and you're like, oh, we beat the team we're supposed to beat. Or you go down there and you're, you're mad because you lost. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think all of that works for itself. Although, it's not much. You really don't have a lot to complain about if you're a Mizzou fan right now. I mean, your team just won eight games, whatever, how many... Nine eight. games, eight games. I don't know why I can't think of that number right now. <laughs> eight, eight, I am in like complete now. basketball mode. <laughs> um, but I mean, they have a chance to go down there and win nine games for the season and be what many think could be a top twenty-five team next year. Like, if you have a chance to go support this program down there, no matter who you're playing, I feel, and it's only a five-hour drive. Like, I feel like you should be there. I yeah, I think that was definitely the appeal of Memphis was yeah. drivable from all regions of the state. Uh, be excited to uh, you know I'll be excited to go down there and see some of what is going on in Memphis. There's been some really good road trips this year for Best anybody that's in the country. Yeah, you say that to raw me up, and no, there will be a facts. time and a place. I'm facts excited because I think we're actually going to spend some time writing about it. Uh, it's not that. fact, I actually, actually Cam. I do. Think you're going to raw me up now, and I'm going to take the bait. It's <laughs> not fact that Memphis is a better bar- is better barbecue than. It's what, I, it's what I've been told from people who live in Kansas people, City. People, what you've been told from people that don't know Kansas what they're City. talking about. People who live in Kansas City have told me. Give that. me one person from Kansas City. I don't want to put people on blast. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's I don't want to put people on blast. Podcast code for I'm making this up. Oh, true. I'm telling you. Mm, false. Okay. That's might have been some people in the Jones family who told me that. <laughs> that I know is false. <laughs> and if it is true, they're no they're no family member of mine. But, you know, they say blood is thicker than water, but blood is not thicker than, than barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. I, knew you were say that. I will I will have words for them. Why well, It'll be fun to go down there and see Memphis. There's, like I was saying, for people that have taken road trips this year, uh, the Florida game obviously paid off for any Mizzou fans that were there. Uh, go, going to South Carolina was pretty interesting just for the fact that the it turned into a monsoon in the middle of the game. game. It ended up being one of the craziest yeah. football games I've ever seen. Um, trying to think of some of the other ones. Purdue was obviously a great game to go see. So uh, there were some good, good road games for Missouri this year, and Maybe it'll end with another one in Memphis. Uh, I think that'll be it. I, we'll have lots of coverage pre-Liberty Bowl running this weekend. Uh, we'll have a regular season wrap-up of the football season that will run Saturday. So check that out. We will have a big football edition on Sunday. We'll have our Tiger Extra, which is like our pregame. Uh, it's got lineups. It's got storylines. It's got matchups, all that kind of stuff that will run on Saturday uh, before or Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Excuse me. Sunday. Run Sunday. And then on Monday, we'll be... Uh, have other football coverage. By that point, we will have a day in Memphis. So we'll have coverage from Memphis that will run in Monday's paper leading up to the game on Monday. Yeah. So there there's a lot uh, to digest, and I do recommend that you uh, keep an eye on the Tribune. We'll be tweeting stuff out this weekend, but a lot of football stuff. And then basketball, of course. Uh, Missouri will play Moorhead State on Saturday. Yep, and the women play somebody. Arkansas State. Arkansas State on Sunday. One thing we didn't touch on. Uh, the women beat Illinois The women well. also beat Illinois, and, and Illinois. a cool event from last week, uh, the Missouri wrestling match at oh, Park yeah, Hill High, High School was one of the coolest events I covered in all of 2018. Uh, the fact that it was in a high school gym, 
that gym could not have fit any more people in it. It was literally full, every row, every seat, all the way to the top and around the mat. Uh, they had a bunch of rows of just folding chairs, and there were people standing with their backs up against the wall. It was absolutely jam-packed. Everybody there was really tuned in, uh, and in kind of a shock, Virginia gave Missouri a great duel and had the lead going into the last match, which was Daniel Lewis. Uh, I forget the weight class, but Daniel Lewis from Blue Springs, Missouri needed a pin to win the duel and one minute and 14 seconds into the third period, first period gets a pin and the place just went nuts. Absolutely yeah. insane. It yeah. was an awesome event. Uh, so if you missed that story, you can go back and check that out. It's on the Tribune's website. That was, that was pretty cool to be a part of. Best story from 2018, best event that you covered in 2018. Bragging rights. Wow. No. We got some recency. No. We got no. some recency no, 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 no. going on. The Kentucky game. Mizubi, Kentucky at Mizzou Arena. That was nuts. Yeah, that was pretty um, cool. The atmosphere was sweet. The whole color uh color stuff with the fans, I can't pronounce it. The stripe um Tiger Strike. Tiger Strike. Tiger Strike. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty that, that was probably the coolest thing. Also that's the coolest thing I covered. The coolest thing I've been to was probably the NCAA tournament game. Yeah. With the Texas and Nevada game. Like I wasn't covering that game. It was before the Mizzou mm-hmm. Florida State game, but that game, that atmosphere was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff from 2018. This will be our last in-studio podcast. We'll probably do one from Memphis. Somehow. It, somehow, some way. Uh, this will be our last in-studio podcast 2018. Are you, are you sad, Cam? Yeah, as I yawn. I'm not used, <laughs> we're not used to podcasts this late. I need, I need coffee. Yeah, more coffee and more alcohol. Yeah, I live longer. <laughs> I live longer. Um, so yeah, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, rate us five stars only, please. Um, follow us on Twitter. Danny's at Daniel underscore M underscore Jones. I'm at CJ underscore Teague. Um, read all our work at the Tribune uh, in the Tribune and online at ColumbiaTribune.com. Um, with, I don't think I have anything else. So Danny, cue the outro music. Subscribe to Mizzou's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.